Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. The Heat get their first playoff win. The Panthers make it ten straight wins. Marlins actually get their first series win of the season. And I recap the UM Spring game from this past weekend. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Tan there, buddy. Well, that's what happens when uh, you go on vacation. So yeah, man, you you get a little tan. Yeah, right. I Appreciate mean, it. If I you mean, go, I'm usually not that tan. I mean, I wouldn't say you're getting close, but no, no, I got a waste. I got a waste to go, homie. I would have to stay inside for like two whole years, <laughs> and I know? gotta stay outside for like two years. <laughs> two years. Shit, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. But um, like, it's funny. Like, like my tanned color is like I see you got a cut recently. You can see the natural color, right? The lighter color, <laughs> like that, that's like what my tan is. Like you know, it's your, hey, man, you're your, like un unsun color. Yeah, man. You know, and it's funny. I was actually talking about that with my barber today, bro. It's like because he's also Dominican, dark skin like me, right? And um, if you go outside for 15 minutes, you know you're tearing an extra shade, man. And it's just it's hard to deal with. People love it. It nah, is what I'm it good, is, man. Shit, I'm, I like. As it. long as there's no farmer's tan, right? I even did. Can't have the most part. I still, I still have a little bit of a farmer's tan, but I even did out. If you look at my feet, dog, you'd be proud. I don't have that Oof, golf tan right now. That's a rough one to get rid I was, of, dog. I was, it's hard to get rid of <laughs> that. More time for that. Yeah, I bro, they look good right now. My feet, Papo. <laughs> they look good. They don't look like that. You know, before I used to take my socks off. It looks like it looked like had another pair of white socks under it. Oof. Now it's all like skin tone. Yeah, there you go. It's good. There you go. Even it up, man. You Working. gotta even it up, man. Working on it, but yeah, dog. Just got back from PR. That's cool, man. I'm sure you had a great time. You had a great round of golf out there with your wife. That's oh, super yeah. dope, man. Yeah, no, that was a that was a good time. Two holes were like right along the beach. Dope. The 17th and the 18th. <laughs> that was a that was a good time. It was a um, nice day. It kind of rained on us a couple of times, but it was good because it was so hot that day. Oof. Like we had we had been chilling by the pool like leading up to that. You'll take we that sprinkle. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden it's kind of sprinkled, and then the clouds came, and it got a little you know. Overcast, so that was fine. Like it kind of worked out. We got to finish Perfect. 18 and all that, and it was a good time. She got to make a putt on 18. She made a little par. Nice. I saw that. Dog. I got the video. That that was awesome. Uh, the feedback was great. That's dope, man. <laughs> um, I actually got to play around myself this past Friday on Good Friday. Oh yeah, had the you day were, off. Where did you go to Maurice? No, we actually played right here by by the spot, man, at Country Club. Nice. Yeah, I actually played the West Coast. So I was closer to like the area, yeah, and yeah. I was like, "Yo, this is dope. This is it's a real good golf course, right?" For for what it is, you know what I mean? They exactly. they, they maintain it um, to the best of their abilities. Like uh, me and my boy Victor, shout out to Victor. We went out there and we got a full 18 in at 8 in the morning. So there weren't a lot of people there. Um, the threat of rain kept a lot of people at bay, but it was actually a nice day. It wasn't too cloudy. Like we would get sun off and on and the weather was nice. And even more so, the course was nice. And while we're playing the course, you can see the maintenance crew working on yeah. the other holes and stuff like that. Nah, so Exactly like you said, for what it is. I know it says Country Club of Miami, but right. it is far from a country club. Right, right. It, is, it should be the <laughs> municipal course of Miami because that's more of what it is. But yes, they recently has gotten in better shape. And for our skill level, it's it's fantastic. It's for that perfect. price, you can't beat it. How'd you play? I played, all right, man. Um, <clears throat> I played much better on the front nine than I did on the back nine. Uh, usually is the case, right? And not always. Not always. I have a way better back nine. But I left a lot of strokes out there, bro. Oh, for, don't we all? I mean, on uh, especially on the putting green. Like, I, my approach shots and my driver were on point. I must have hit, like, at least six drives that day, 240, 250 in that range. 
And even my, my approach shots, they weren't way off. They were very centered. Everything was very centered. So I was really happy about that. But, man, I couldn't get it together on the putting green. <laughs> I could not get it together on the putting green for nothing, bro. Nothing worked for me, man. And those greens aren't anything that crazy either. No, man, and they're not. And they're pretty freaking fast, too, you know? So, like, it, uh, depends. Well, that day it was playing fast, you know? Okay. Like, I, I tapped one, literally tapped one from, like, six feet, and it rolled all the way to the other side of the green. And mm. I was like, interesting. This is how it's playing today. Damn. Great. I wonder if you were – I wonder what hole that was. That must have been – Like, two or three. That's, like, the hole I go practice on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I go practice yes. on three. That if it's in, yes. if you're in the back and you're putting back down the hill, yeah. it will roll it'll, all it'll the roll front forever, of the green. You yeah. know, it'll roll forever. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly it'll what you're talking about. It'll roll almost to the tee box if you let it. No, nah, not that Not that bunker. Nah. Yeah, man. So we're going to start this Monday, bro, just exaggerating everything. Yeah, you're going to come man? out here talking about our teams on crazy 10-game win streaks or winning playoff oh, games oh, left hey. and right. I mean, I leave on vacation for four days and that's what's going on. For me, like the only thing that was exaggerated right for over the weekend was the heat defense. It was it was an exaggeration of what we needed to show Atlanta like who's boss. You know, we didn't have to go to that degree of defense to show these guys what was boss, Mm. who was boss. And what a domination from the moment the ball tipped off. Like you could tell that he were activated in playoff modes. Right. And that's interesting because. Atlanta had two playoff games, right? They had to play to get into the playoffs and win twice pretty much, right? Because they lost the first game, played the second game, got it. Congratulations. Your prize is the Miami Heat. The number one seeded Miami Heat. Probably one of the best teams in the NBA, but whatever. When when the game started, I was interested in how Trey Young was going to play, right? And Jason Collins and the rest of the squad and what type of fight they would put up and – it was evident from the get-go, you know, like the Heat were there to dominate. And they made that message loud and clear. Even Jimmy Butler, like he did a great job of like just not necessarily getting in Trey Young's head, but like letting him know physically, you know, they had that little uh, skirmish in the first quarter. And he pretty much grabbed him by the neck and was like, hey, bro, like you, you're you going to feel me here this whole game and this whole series. So don't get comfortable. Don't think you're going to do whatever you did last year and go out there and put – 40-something points in people's um, stadium or arena or whatever and win games. It's not going to work. It's not going to work against us. It was so dominating, the the level of defense, that by the second quarter, I was already thinking, okay, maybe Spoke can start, you know, the third quarter with just the bench guys, see how it goes, how how they can hold hold that 20-something point lead because that's how bad it got. We were up 20, 30-something points on these guys, and it, it, was, it felt like it, the game just got – away from the Hawks completely, and the Heat were in the zone. Yeah. And and offensively, right, it looks crazy, 115 to 91. It's like, damn, you know, we left. Again, you, you whooped these guys. We literally whooped these guys. But when you talk about the scoring, right, it really came from one person, which was Duncan. Duncan was on fire, 8 of 9 from 3 that night, that day, in that in the afternoon on Sunday. And only him and Jimmy were the two guys with 20 or more points. Everybody else was like uh, – P.J. Tucker had 16, Lowry ended up with 10, you know, that was it. Bam only had six, uh, who else was quiet? Hero, very quiet, six points, mm, yeah, three of 11. And, and it's not something where normally we, we would be concerned. We're like, damn, playoff game, Tyler Hero, our leading scorer for the season, only had six points. Bam at a bio, right. only had six points. It's like, we, we didn't need it, frankly. It's okay. Like we literally didn't need it. Our defense was, I mean, P.J. Tucker had 16 points. You got a guy like Straight P.J. Up. Tucker scoring 16 points. 
Perfect from the three-point line. Three, you know four I mean? or four. Then, then the game is going in a different direction. Sometimes it's not a good thing. If PJ has 16, that means nobody has anything, right? <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, shit. PJ was early. You know, he had 16. Like, But in this case, it's like, no, 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 no. Duncan was number one. He he was leading the charge eight and nine from, yeah. from three. From three. Disgusting. I mean, all the questions this whole year, you know, where's Duncan? Where, why is he so inconsistent? $90 million man. Give him the big contract. Now he doesn't want to show up. He can't make the shots. He doesn't know how to shoot anymore. First game of the playoffs in 2022, Boom. eight for nine. Yeah. Nasty. Um, completely nasty. And he was nine of 10 from the field. Again, he hit one free throw, only had one rebound. Doesn't offer a lot. We don't need that. When, when we not got, from him. Not from him, right? And not now. Not in the playoffs, right? Yeah, you you don't want him to be a liability, but at the same time, you need him to provide that three to five three-point average a game, you know, where you're making three to five three-point shots every game. He obviously exceeded the, the average that we set for him, and it's nice to see that because, like you said, he's gotten a lot of slack, you know, deservedly for not being able to perform at a high level that the dollar commands, right? But... He's showing up when it counts, and I feel like he's in a good space, and he's very confident about his game and the rhythm that he ended the season with because we saw him have some really good games from three-point land. He's definitely feeling himself, and like you said, we don't need him to be a defensive stopper. We had other guys on the court who weren't shooting good from three that played outstanding defense. Um, Kyle Lowry, 2-4, Strews, 1-5, Hero, 0-4, Gabe Vincent put up seven three-pointers, only hit two. Really rough, right, from three-point. And usually it's like, damn, we, we need to be that high-percentage team from three. But they made up for it on the defense because we kept the whole Atlanta team pretty much under 40% the whole game. Um, their biggest scorer of the night of the, of the day, let's say, was Gallinari. He had 17 points. So we controlled the the complete offense that Atlanta did not have or did not play with. And more importantly, we shut down Trey Young, one of 12. Like, that has been his second-worst game the entire season where he shoots – one of 12 and only has eight points for a game, and six of them came from the free throw line. Like, that just shows you how next level the defense was and focused on him to say, let's shut him down and see how everybody else responded. Nobody else responded. The only one who was hitting some type of shots here and there was uh, Gallinari, like I said, and um, Jason Collins. Every now and then he would hit a shot. Is it Jason or John? I think it's John. My fault. I always call him Jason. John <coughs> yeah, Collins. he said it a couple times. I was like, who the? Yeah, who the? <laughs> Jason Collins. But, he, you know, again, that just, just goes to show you how limited their offense was from the defense we provided. We shut no, them down, bro. No, we no, shut no, them I mean, down. Dude. I get I know these are professional teams, and in any sport, you know, you can be like, hey, come playoff time, it doesn't matter what the records were. You know, it's all resets, and and this is, you know, anything can happen here. Totally understand that. And yeah. there's, still, there's, there's still a series left, right? Right. But this game one, it was very evident, very, very evident, very quickly, which team was the number one seed and which one <laughs> had to play in the tournament to get, to in. get into the playoffs. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, and and more importantly, like what we wanted to see when we talked about the playoffs and the Heat was a, a next level, right? A higher level of of playing. Um, we saw the skirmish, the roller coaster to the end of the season, right? But if you look back at the schedule and like what they were able to do um, to finish off the regular season. And really put themselves in a position, you know, they won, what, six, seven games in a row before they ended up losing the last game of the season, which they didn't really care about. After losing four games in a row, where we had a lot of doubts about the Heat team, these guys just show up and, you know, say, hey, it's time to 
actually get it going, and they did. And now we see the benefits of it in how they played game one. Usually when you get a game like that, a game one where a team hasn't played and the other team has been hot and fighting for their lives, there's a little bit more of a challenge. We didn't get any of that in that game. It was a complete domination and it turned into a complete ass-kicking, you know, of the Atlanta Hawks. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Is that something that you expect to continue going forward in this series? Yeah, in this series for sure. You Because I feel like... Eric Spolstra, right, uh, Chris Quinn, the staff, th- these guys have a bigger goal in mind. And part of that bigger goal in mind is getting through this Atlanta series as quickly as possible, right? Not playing into the last minute of, of games, right? Putting the game away decisively whenever we have a chance and saying, all right, let's keep these guys at bay and keep it going. Pour it on. Oh, let's keep playing the starters. Uh, while I'm watching the game at my brother's house yesterday uh, on Sunday, his neighbor was like, man, you know, it's mid third quarter we're up 25 almost up 30 we gotta pull these guys out i'm like hell no these guys haven't played basketball in weeks let alone meaningful basketball right i want those guys in there to get some reps i want these guys in there to get some type of chemistry going again right especially in in this round of the playoffs before you go face somebody else who's a much better team than at atlanta right um so I expect this type of energy to continue, and I expect the Heat to really go out there and dominate the rest of the games. They're playing um, Tuesday or tonight, as you guys are hearing the podcast come out, uh, 7.30 at home. And I'm not expecting another 30-point win like that, like we had, or a 30-point cushion, but I'm definitely expecting a win and a comfortable win for the rest of the series. Mm. You know, It should be a four-game sweep, in my opinion. Right, it should be a four game sweep because Atlanta is not good. The Heat are that good, and we're way deeper than them. You know, Hero didn't go off. Bam didn't go off. Um, you know, even Struz struggled. Everybody off the bench struggled. You right. know, PJ Tucker was the guy hitting shots. Duncan was the game guy hitting shots. Usually in the in the regular season, you probably lose that game, right? Because you're not playing so well on the defensive end. But these guys went out there and dominated on defense, and that in turn led them to win the game so comfortably. So. They're definitely going to expect it. And I feel like the whole squad defensively is being led by Bam. Um, you know, we recently saw well, that. Speaking of, I know you're probably leaning into that right yeah. now, but you can go ahead then. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I, go I ahead. caught on to that a second too late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> still getting into the hang of things. Yeah, you know, just got back from vacation. I feel you. Go ahead. Um, like with Bam, right, he wasn't even named as a finalist for defensive player of the year. Yep. We had these three other centers get named, uh, Djokovic, um, and Bede, right? And who's the other one? Uh, Colbert. No. Damn, who's the other dude? I can't remember right now. It's escaping me. But, yeah, he felt tried. And I felt like he did get tried. Because Bam's biggest threat, biggest weapon. Oh, Giannis. Giannis, Giannis was the other one. Uh, his biggest threat is that same thing that Giannis does which is, hey, I can cover a bunch of people, and I'm really good at it. But the difference is Giannis isn't as good as Bam is defensively, especially covering the smaller guards. I feel like they they always get Giannis into some type of foul trouble because they're much quicker than him. Bam, on the other hand, can cover one through five easily without a problem, and he's the guy who doesn't get even that type of recognition for the number one team in the East. Right ahead of the Philadelphia, ahead of a, a team like Milwaukee, um, even with a much better record than the team in Denver, Bam has a, a legit gripe, and I feel like 
he has that chip on his shoulder right now, and he's like, yo, follow my lead on well, defense. <clears throat> so here, here's what I'm looking at. For most valuable players, so the MVP, those are the names that are thrown into that ring, is Jokic, Embiid, and Antetokounmpo. Okay. <clears throat> but looking at the defensive player of the year, you got Mikael Bridges from the Suns. You got Rudy Gobert from the Jazz and Marcus Smart from the Celtics. That's a that's a damn shame right there. That's a damn shame right there. So which one are we? Which one was Bam upset about getting snubbed from? He, I think he was upset by both because MVP. Because I mean, I would make the case for Defensive Player of the Year, and yes, he he definitely belongs to be a candidate, one of the top three finalists. He should be M- number one. MVP is a little different. Well, MV, you know, he's been out for us this year that he right. we found success without him on the court. You know, he is a big part of us, but he also, you know, he I don't know. I wouldn't consider him the MVP. I wouldn't consider him an MVP material for the season for the for league. the season for the league. I, I can see that. Right. I can see that. And I and, you know, he probably thought that that was a, a stretch himself. Right. But even still, he does feel like I am the most versatile defender. So that defensive player of the year award. Technically, should be his because he's more athletic and and you know agile than Gobert, especially defending yeah. smaller guys. Right? Well, Gobert is also a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. I, I get like, it, but, right? but two times. Yeah, but he. Do you think he had a better season defensively this no, year? No, 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 no. I completely agree. I think that he's more like Gobert covers the paint. He has a you know a good big man, but Bam stretches the floor. They, they, Gobert can't do it the way that Bam does it, where he covers everything from the you know from point guards all the way to center. Exactly. Yo. So it's it, I absolutely agree that he should be a finalist up there in the Defensive Player of the Year. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's shocking to me that he didn't make that that final three right, and I'm glad. In a way that he didn't make it because, like I said, he's going to put that chip on his shoulder and say, all right, I'm going to show you guys what Defensive Player of the Year is going to do. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's excited. In the playoffs. You know what I mean? You do it in the playoffs when everybody's watching. Yep. Big part of that that big victory on Sunday was Bam's defense. You know, yep. shutting down all types of rebounds, not letting us get abused on the board, shutting down the paint. That's all Bam, you know, and his hard work. Yep. You know, Jimmy actually got the love, and, and Jimmy put in a lot of hard work. He had a really good game, right? Not a great game, a really good game. Uh, but Bam's defense, I, I feel like, is what leads the team now, especially heading deeper into the playoffs. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of the times his defense was leading to those, like, fast-break transitions. Right. You know what I mean, where, where we're able to get a hero on an outlet pass to Jimmy all the way across the court or something like that, and the, or just back out to, to Duncan. You know, like it's a fast three. Exactly. Five fast exchange. And then we get a three off of it. And it's like, whoa, shit, what just happened? It was all because of Bam making a play. Guy's Um, a beast, man. One other thing I was going to mention, though, speaking of the NBA awards. So we got snubbed there with Bam. But we did lock in two other finalists, uh, two different categories. Number one. Right. Coach Spo nominated for coach of the year. So shout out to him. We we know we we believe he should win it. Do I have to say my spoke speech? <clears throat> no, I right. think we've heard it plenty of times. But right. he's in there right. with Taylor Jenkins from the Grizzlies and Monty Williams from the Suns. The only one I can see is Monty. Monty, you know, they could get to give it to Monty, only because of how good the Suns are, and and then that that the Heat are just as good. I agree, but they cover them a lot more with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But that's because Miami gets that hate. Yeah, you, you know, South me? Florida so gets that, that hate. That's so. why I, I can see that happening. But then the other award, uh, Sixth Man of the Year, we, we've that's been talking boy. about it all year. It's probably he's he's probably the favorite, probably he the shoe in to win. Yeah, Tyler Hero, that's our boy. You know, he's he's probably going to win that Sixth Man of the Year award. He, I mean, his numbers speak for themselves, right? And again, the what he meant 
to the team with his sixth man of the year performance is is obviously what stands out even more so because he's able to he's able to really focus on what can I do to help the team better and you can tell that he really came focused this year with uh, an intention to prove how good he is and pretty soon we're not going to be talking about him winning the sixth man of the year award we're going to see him in contentions for probably most improved or offensive player of the year or something like that you know what I mean or possibly MVP Man, MVP is a big jump. If but if, uh, if if he keeps going at this pace, shit, like he, that's he need, hard. He needs to work, but I, I can see Tyler Hero. I mean, because he, he can do it on defense too, but he has that big offensive explosion and playmaking ability. Yeah. That, that's kind of what you need to be able to be considered the most valuable player in the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, man, let's see how it goes. He played on Tuesday, 730, and then they head to Atlanta Friday and Sunday. To take on Atlanta the game's over on there. Friday or Saturday? The game's on third game is on Friday. The fourth game is on Sunday. Okay, and then that's it. There's what time no is those, What time is the Sunday one? Is that an early one again? At seven p.m. All the rest of them are seven thirty and seven p.m. So Friday oh, night fire. seven at seven, Sunday night at seven, and then we got the game Tuesday at seven thirty. So uh, my prediction: four game sweep. There it is. Uh, the Heat are just that much better than Atlanta. Um, Trey Young is not gonna have that sauce that he had last year, where he's gonna be able to pull off some amazing victories on the road, uh, especially because we don't play that shit out in our homes. Yep, yep. So, it, it, you know, it's a four game sweep in my yeah. opinion. I give him one. I'll say we go five. Five. It'll be a five. gentleman's sweep. Was that eh? four one? So five games. Yeah. Nah, I don't think it's gonna happen. Don't I don't get, see don't them winning. Well, game. We're gonna win this next one, and then, I don't see it either. But there, it's you know, I can it's, still see Trey Young going off one night and dropping fifty, sixty. Like by himself, you know what I mean? Like one night where just everything is I'm, going in. I'm just super confident in the heat right now, you I, know? I, I love I, it. I even put my, money where my mouth I love I put my money where my mouth is. I put my money where my mouth is. I bet on the, on the heat to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'll at your boy. That's how much belief I have in this heat team. And I'm rocking my white hot heat shirt. That's what's up. I like I'll that. I like that classic tease right there. You know what day. I mean? You know what I mean? Bro, I got to get my Panthers tee, man. I'm slipping. I got to get that jersey, bro. Slipping. Especially are, now after 10 in a row. It's playoff time almost. Seven games left for the Panthers. Yo, and um, Last time we were here together, or not here, but last time we got together. Correct. It was seven in a row. Correct. There have been three and oh since we since had that, that conversation. Sick 10 team. and oh now. Sick team, man. Sick and not, team. And to not like, you know, any any regular-ass teams. Like no. Good teams. No. And, and it's the form that they do it, right? If they're behind, they come back. If they're up, they're going to pile it on. And it, it doesn't matter how the opponent wants to play them or what they're willing to give up. The Panthers' style of hockey is just going to come through and show itself every single time. They're at such a like high level of efficiency when it comes to scoring that it's 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 just breaking records left and right, bro. And nobody like I've never seen a Panthers team this good offensively, period, or even good in general. This is the best team that they've had in their franchise for sure, Ever. right? We know that they've broken records for their points and wins and the season and all that stuff, but they have no intentions of, like, slowing down. You don't see any, like, real chinks in the armor. Um, you, you said the main thing, right? They won three games in a row since we last left them, right? They beat uh, Nashville 4-1. Then they go into Anaheim, uh, which is the two franchise games, right, because both teams came in at the same season, uh, which is pretty cool. And they go out there and beat them, coming back, beating them 3-2 in overtime. Again, uh, another game where you have Big Bob and goal, uh, and he's doing his thing, being the best that he can be, saving all these game shots and keeping the Panthers in the game. And then slowly but surely, Panthers find a way to tie it. Panthers find a way to send it into overtime. Panthers find a way to win it. And then, boom, the streak continues. 
Then the next two games after that against Winnipeg and against Detroit, which, like you said, they're not two teams that are, like, terrible. Granted, they're not the best, no. right? But two teams that you would be like, well, they're probably going to get hyped for this game, right? Yeah. Because they're they're facing an opponent who they desperately want to beat, right? They desperately want to try to make the playoffs. Detroit definitely trying to make it. Uh, I think they're eliminated just recently. And you had Winnipeg who's also struggling to get in there, right? Panthers go out there, beat both of them 6-1. Both of those teams. 12 goals, two games. That's crazy, bro. They're While only giving up two. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And they're nasty, bro. Like, all their goals are highlights. They're all highlights. All their goals are highlights. Everything that they do is a freaking highlight. <laughs> the goalie makes 40 saves. Boom. Here's six highlights. Mm-hmm. The guy comes in. Oh, we're down. Hey, a blue line to blue line pass. Guy's a breakaway by himself. One-on-one with the goalie. Boom. Another goal. Everything they do is, like, so efficient, so high-powered. Like, this is a team that... Really, really, really is that damn good as advertised. I just want the playoffs to start already, bro. I mean, it's it's almost there, dude. And like, they're it is. they're and definitely we're still, on, for, we're still playing for you know for still, things. It's not like we're you know just wasting our time here. We're still playing. All our guys are still playing. Yep. You know what I mean? That that's that's kind of the main the main reasons. Like the chemistry right now is so fine tuned. Yo, that like they're they're clicking right now, bro. Absolutely, this is and, the perfect time to do that. Absolutely, and and granted, like you said, they have things to play for, right? They're still two points behind Colorado. They're behind one sixteen to one fourteen, one win behind fifty five to fifty four. Meanwhile, they've been able to create space on everybody else in their conference. Pretty much, Panthers got that conference locked up uh, with one hundred and fourteen points. Next closest is Toronto with one hundred and six points, and I don't see them being. Not that Toronto's not playing well right now. Toronto is playing good hockey right now. Uh, but we saw what the Panthers did recently. You know, they had that matchup and they ended up be whooping on them, you know, in Toronto. So I'm not, I don't know, man. It's, I feel like I'm excited to see what's going to be the finish, right? I definitely feel like this team is destined for some type of greatness. You know, they're going to end up being the number one team in the conference. They're going to probably be end up being the number one team in the NHL. And... It's just crazy because, like, I want to see what it does for South Florida hockey, right? What are going to be, like, the ramifications from this? You know, are this, the, the youth programs that have hockey down here, are they going to get bigger? Are they going to get more funded? Because I Probably feel like it's, it's the time right now, though, to invest when you have such a, a good momentum, right, on the ice and off the ice with the popularity that the Panthers team has right now. So it'll be good for... You know, Florida Panther hockey, as far as, you know, it'll, it'll, you know, get bandwagon fans now, probably when we go into the playoffs and it's like, oh, the, the Panthers are in the playoffs. Like, if that, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing with hockey. It's like, we're definitely so far from a hockey town that, you know, the Marlins don't do good all year. And by some miracle, they're in the playoffs and people find out they're like, oh shit, Marlins, let's go. Hey, I'm heading, Marlins, I'm, I'm heading the, that way. With the Marlins. Panthers is like, oh, they're in the playoffs. Okay, cool. You know, people don't really like. There's not a lot of excitement around it, but it's not because of anything else than the fact that we just we don't grow up watching or playing hockey. Right. So hopefully, you know, it does create a little bit more buzz and fandom for the youth, like that. You know, are are going to experience championship hockey, right? Potentially. Um, but then it comes down to the fact that there's just not a big hockey scene again. You but know? but I will say this though about the town, right? It's a it's a winning town. Right, you got to win to get the type of popularity that you're looking for. You got to be in contention for a title. You got to be in contention for a division title, make the third, fourth, you know, third round of the playoffs and stuff like that. 
Panthers look like they're heading in that direction. Granted, they haven't done it. We expected it last year. They got that tough matchup against Tampa Bay, and it, and they weren't able uh, to come out of that first yeah. round, right? But the expectations were there to be like, all right, this team can definitely advance to the second or third round no, of the playoffs. They've just, they've just built off of last year, bro. Last year right? they were good, and, and we thought they were better than the outcome that they had. But this year, they're even better. They This year's team would smack last year's team. Loads better, bro. And that's what I'm saying. Like, again, the, the town, Miami, South Florida, call it what you want. But we're about winning. You know, that's the biggest draw or the negative thing that people can say about the Dolphins, right? Love football. Football's going to forever be number one down here. But people get tired of when the team doesn't win. Like, they get tired of it. There's not that same enthusiasm behind it. Now, granted, you can make moves. Like we saw the Dolphins make and the Panthers have made and the Heat have made and the Marlins have made. But unless there's winning behind it, it doesn't really mean much to the fan base, right? Or even to the, not necessarily the core fan base, but those fringe fans, right? That you can kind of lock in and say, hey, come watch a playoff. Yeah, because you always have your hardcore, you know, through right. thin, but it's those fringe fans. You want to, I track that. So a 10-game winning streak is wild. That that gets it popping, right? Because the guys who's watching Sports Center in the crib, just chilling on the couch, turns it on and sees, oh, yeah, the Panthers won 10 games in a row? I didn't even know that. When do they play again? Oh, they play tomorrow? I'll check it out that's, for a little bit. That's where I'm glad that we do the podcast, dog. Yeah, you bro. Know what I mean, because I'll be honest with you. If we didn't do the podcast, I, I don't know how much I'd be into the Panthers. Because like, the thing is, I don't have anybody else to talk about it with. We have, we have each other, right? Like we, like, we follow it and we're like, oh, shit, did you see the other day what Hubie did? Like, right. see Barkov? You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're, we're keeping each other up to date with it, but I can't really say I have too many friends that are like, yo, did you see about the Panthers? Like, when people are like, oh, like, do you follow hockey? You're like, oh, actually, I, I yeah, kind of I I do follow a little bit. You know <laughs> I what do. I mean? I've I, I, I been keeping up with the, with the, I'm not a hockey fanatic, right. but I keep up with my team. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to hold it down for all South Florida. That's Home what we team, do out baby. Here. You so know? I'm glad that we do this. I'm glad that we follow the Panthers, man. And I'm, I'm really pumped for, for this. Playoffs, bro. Hell yeah, bro. We need to get there, I, can't, I can't wait to get there, bro. And, seven and there, games? Seven games left, man. And, you know, um, they're also playing on Tuesday, which sucks, right? Because then you got to do the split screen or do the two TV setup to have the, the heat game going on while the Panthers are going on. And because it's much, it's must, must watch hockey, you know? Anytime they're in a the game, you got to watch it because you know you're going to see some goals. And we won't be able to watch either one. Nope. We'll be busy on the field. Shout out 365 flag football. Hey. Um, but they, they played Tuesday in New York, finishing the road trip uh, that they started the against Detroit. No, they're playing the Islanders. Oh, okay. That's, right. a, that's a dub. That's a dub, right? And then they come back home to face three teams before we record again. They're going to be playing Detroit, Toronto, and Tampa Bay at home. It's a nice little home stand right there. Kind of test your metal, yeah, right? Tampa Bay, man. Tampa Bay. Well, Detroit's going to want revenge. You know, we just beat them at home, so they want to beat us at home. That, right. That ain't happening. Right. But the Lightning, got to look out for the Lightning. And and Toronto, too. Like I said, they've been All playing the really well, too. and they're in that hunt. They're second in the conference. Yeah, right. Um, a really good hockey team, you know, before the Panthers have to finish the team, the season on the road. Taking a road trip to Boston, taking a road trip to Ottawa, and taking a road trip to Montreal to finish the season. So, nice little challenge here before the Panthers get into the playoffs, and Hopefully, bro, honestly, I'm hoping they get to, like, 15 wins straight. You know, knock on wood, but... Just close out the season, 17. Just, call it 17. Imagine that. Imagine close that. Out the season. Like, imagine the confidence heading into the playoffs. We just racked off 17 wins in a row. Who wants this smoke? <laughs> Especially in the first round. Who wants this smoke in the first round? Nobody's going to want that smoke. I bet it ain't Tampa Bay. I don't know. I bet it ain't Tampa They're, Bay. We're the last team that they want to face first. Tampa Bay. Tampa nothing. Um, yeah, man. 
Let's see. Panthers got it going on, bro. <coughs> you know who? Panthers got it going on. Panthers got it going on. Um, you know, I, I have to give a shout out to the Marlins. Uh, we mentioned them earlier. You mentioned them. Yo, you went to uh, the opening opening day, didn't you? Bingo. Yeah, That's, man. It looked awesome. It looked like a great time. It was time. really dope. It so was, you, you doing your thing out there? You, you had some. I had the backup cameraman working. Who was that? <laughs> dog? You replacing me, dog? Nah, Should man. I be looking, like, updating I mean, my resume? Were, nah, man. You were on vacation, bro. So, you know, I had to call in the reserve. You know, the homie Johnny hooked it up. That's and uh, shout out to John Blaze. And it's cool It was a real cool environment Obviously a home opener Is always dope In Miami right Because they have the music going The people show up For the event um, And people showed up For the event bro 30,000 people showed up That wow. night Wow 30,000 people That's man. awesome Yeah Baseball's yeah. back Eh, not necessarily because the next night. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, so you, it's opening but, night, but it's opening night. You know That's what I mean? The event everybody wants to go. Yeah, to. And everybody and wants to go to the day after opening night. No, man, and people go there to see the team win. Yeah, it's opening night. You want to be there. You want to be seen. You want to walk around, eat, drink, right? Because that's what people do when you go to the Marlins game on the home opener. Uh, but even more importantly, we saw a home win. Right. And, and little did we know that that would turn into their first series win of the season. Right. Because they had lost the first two out of three against San Francisco, went to play the Angels, lost two games straight there. And then the Marlins actually came home on the home opener, get a dub. Uh, they end up winning four to four to three tight game. And then the next night, get another impressive victory, seven to one against Philadelphia before ultimately losing uh, 10 to three on Saturday. And then following up that up with 11 three game. Now, the way they closed out this series against Philadelphia was huge because, you know, the beginning of the season, we saw good pitching, right, from the starting pitchers. Alcantara was pitching well. Uh, we had T-Rob pitching well. But there was no run support, right? Marlins were struggling to put up runs, couldn't get anything more past two or three runs. And in today's baseball, that's not going to cut it. No. Nah. You know, you have to be able to score. And when, scramble. And scramble, you know, and find ways to produce a run. Hey, Those, are, those are the teams that we've been seeing have a lot of success. Ex- are the teams that are be able to, like, like – just bounce back, you know what I mean? Like, just because they're down early doesn't mean that they're out for the count, you know? And and that's something that the Mars have struggled with. And gamble, right? Like, use your speed on the base path. Get a guy on and then, boom, blow that up while having somebody steal a base, get an extra base hit, and try to push a single into a double, right? Um, one thing we do have to talk about, man, is the emergence of Jesus Sanchez. Uh the right fielder came in with a lot of hype. You know, shout out to my boy, Joe. Closed out the season strong last year. He closed out the season strong. Joe's put us on to him and was like, yo, this is the guy you guys have to look out for because he's next up when it comes to, like, those next Marlin greats prospects that actually get a chance. And he's been showing out, bro. He's leading the team in the batting average, 343. Uh, uh, he's second, leading the team in home runs with two. Second in RBIs to Jazz. Jazz has 10. Uh, Jesus has 8. On-base percentage, 361. Hits, 12. This guy is leading the team in almost every offensive category. And this is a guy that we saw come up hot last year and was like, man, can he maintain it? Not only has he shown that he has it, but he's willing to get off to a good and quick start and really become an essential player for the Marlins, bro. And when I think about what he can do with a guy like Jazz in the lineup, it's really dope because, like, Jazz has, I think. Talk to me. He has. Um, How's the boy been doing? He's been balling, he's bro. Balling. He's balling, bro. He has eight, he's been six fresh extra base hits. It. Yeah, bro, fresh. Oh, my dog's always fresh. He has six eight extra base hits on the season. Jesus has five. 
what that means is, like I said, they're pushing the envelope. When they get a single, they're trying to hit it, trying to see what's available. Oh, they got a gap. I'm going to turn this into a double, right? Even though I know I can see the guy picking up the ball to throw, I trust my speed. I trust my power. I trust my agility in order to get there and make that play. Man, really exciting players to see. And I, and I love that it's not just jazz now, right? It's like they're slowly putting pieces there to say, damn, look how I can get this core going. He's uh, a focal point, though. He is. He is, man. Jazz is the focal point, and he should be. because he has, he, That kid has a star power, bro. All over him. Has star written all over him. Um, and even a guy like Jorge Soler, right? Uh, we got this guy from Atlanta last year. A little bit older in his prime, right? But still a guy who's going to be an anchor in that lineup and be a, a, a noticeable threat to players. Uh, only has 60 hits on the season so far. Uh, hit his first home run the other day. A moonshot. Um this is a guy that I'm looking forward to see how he's going to gel because he's going to feel more comfortable being protected by those young guys, Jesus Sanchez and, and Jazz. Uh, man, this Marlins team, bro, may, may have something going on here, bro, but they need to do it more consistent. They need to hit more consistent. They need to score runs or produce runs more consistent. Hey, it's the beginning of the season, dude. We got plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah, you think that, man, but those the the, the problem with the having the games, right, is that you need some type of, like I said, consistency. You need to build up, like what we wanted from the Heat, right? Where you have a stretch of four or five games, right? Yeah, you lose one, but don't let that sour the rest of the schedule or whatever else you have in front of you. Bounce back. Oh, you won, you won one, you lost one. Well, bounce back and win two more. That's what the Martins have to focus. And it was nice to see them get that from Philadelphia, right? Take a win, take another win, yep. damn, get a loss, <clears throat> boom, come back with another big win on a Sunday. A good Phillies team, too. A good team with a lot of prospects. Bryce Hyper's on the team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a good team. And you need to see that from a young team because that's one thing that the Marlins are. We don't take, like, we don't really notice it. when, But when you look at the average age of that team, it's like a bunch of 23-year-olds, a bunch yeah. of 25-year-olds, man, like, those guys don't have that experience. They don't have that necessary, um, what do you want to call it, bro? Like that vibe, that 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 energy of, of what it takes to be a pro, right? That day in, day out, and, and, and be that good of a baseball player. Yeah. It's not going to be easy, but the Marlins definitely have things in place where they can really make some noise. And, you know, they have a favorable schedule coming up. They're playing St. Louis at home. Uh Albert Pujols is going to be in town in case you so, guys want to go see him. <clears throat> so what a dude, crazy story about Albert Pujols. I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. Um, Can't wait. <laughs> uh, so where do we stand record-wise as of today, as of this episode dropping? Right now, the Martins are 4-5 and five on the season. So we're still one game under 500. Um, Three-game series coming up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, against, uh, like I said, St. Louis. And then you go on the road Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to head to Atlanta to start on a six-game road trip before we go and play some games in Washington. Okay. So let me ask you this because, you know, I know obviously you try to win every game, right? But, like, if you, for instance, you take, you know, it's a three-game series and you take the first two games, that third game, are you maybe not like, all right, I'm not going to put my best guy right here. I got Possibly. a good series coming up. I got an important, you know, a hard series coming up now against another team or we're on the road or whatever. Right. Let's let, like, kind of let up on that. Do teams do that or is it every game they're just trying to win? Bro, in, in this season, you have to do that because there's, since the lockout happened, it really compressed the season, really compressed it. So you're not going to have time off. You're mm. not going to have back-to-back days off. You're going to have a day of travel. It's a tighter schedule. 
you know, and it's a much, much tighter schedule. But the, the problem with that is that you're playing seven games in eight, nine days. You're playing 10 games in 15 days, 13 days. That's going to take a tear. I mean, wear and tear, and it's going to be to beat a team down. But the Marlins being such a young team, we can take it. They can take it. But not only that, if they can find the consistency, just say, man, let's just keep our heads above water. Yeah. Right? Let's be a 500 team and see how that goes. Get it out. Get it out. And and if you... <laughs> take, a, take a second to get I'm it out. I'm good. I'm good. You um, sure? Yeah. Um, f- like I said, the, the Marlins' consistency is really going to determine how good their season can be. You know, I saw them get projected to win 95 wins. I was talking about that with John and... I was like, damn, that's that's, that's high. That's He's pretty like, good. Nah, so, you know, if you think about it with this and that, and it's like, okay. How many wins we get last year? I, I don't even think we made 80 wins. That's what I'm saying. I like, think we, I think it's we a were, huge jump. Yeah. It's a huge jump, right? Can they do it? Yeah, of course. You know, if you're talking about them having a great run or having a great season, then, yeah, of course they can they can win that many games. But I don't see that. Like, I don't see the Marlins winning 95 games unless they're able to find a way to be consistent. Whether it's pitching, it's hitting, putting the two together, like, figuring out a way to win baseball <laughs> That's games. baseball, pitching and hitting. Um, no, I agree, though. Last year, that, that was that was a big struggle was pitching. We, did, we just very, very inconsistent. A lot of injuries last year. Uh, didn't have a full, you know, a full bullpen, per se, you know. And then the the hit the hitting was like you know we would have games where we would go off, but then it wasn't it was not consistent. Right, we did have big hitters, but it was just not consistent. Not at all. Guess how many games the one I, I the Marlins won? I actually brought it up last year. Yeah, I'm gonna say sixty three. Close sixty seven. Damn, I was close. Really close. But still, to go from winning sixty seven games to being projected to 90? win ninety five or ninety that's games—that's a big jump. They must know something we don't. They know a lot that we don't know, bro. <laughs> the f- <laughs> Come on, dog. Like, I'm not hating on the Martins. I really no, think that, no, I, no. I really think this I, team is talented yeah. as hell. Like, really, really talented. Right. You know, and and, and but we, we but we thought they were talented last year. Exactly. And if you were to ask me last year where they were gonna like how many kicks they were gonna win last year, I probably would have said right around seventy five. If that's so. all, yeah, ninety five. That, that's a huge jump to your point, dog. Let's see. Let's see what happens with this Marlins team. Um, I'm like I said. I'm really interested in this young, talented team. I'm really interested in the pitching staff, and more importantly, those two guys that we talked about. Those two guys, Jesus Sanchez um, and Jazz, they're gonna keep me watching games. I may not go to 50 games this season. I may not go to 25 games this season. But I'm definitely gonna. Obviously, we're gonna keep up with the Marlins here on the show. But personally, I'm gonna try to watch more Marlins baseball, yeah. you know, and be more involved with the scene because what I don't want to do is not watch like the first three months and then see them in the race and be like, ah, I should have been watching from the get go. Nah, I'm not trying to have that this year. No, I yeah. really believe in this team, not necessarily to win 95 games, but <laughs> uh, we'll see, man. Hopefully, we can eat our words. 95. I'm that'd so be, happy. That'd be I'll wild. be so happy to eat my words, bro. Because again, it would mean that we're in that that hunt, right? In that hunt, 95 games last year in our division would have got you first place by a long shot. Yeah, Braves won it with 88, mm-hmm. and that, and they're not they weren't even that good of a team. So I mean, they won the World Series. Yeah, but during the season they got hot and they won the World Series. <laughs> That's a difference. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like playoff baseball is different. You get hot, you're gonna you can win a World Series. Martins have done it two times. That's right. Feel me? Um, 
Let's talk about the Hurricanes real quick, bro. Oh, bro, another event that you were at. Like, where weren't you? This, where were you not this I'm weekend? I'm out there like, repping the show, just, Woody. I go on vacation, and you just you don't take me out on dates when I'm in town. Like, you wait till I leave, and then you go out, and you take hey. other people to be your camera people. Hey, man, I got to hey, Like I said, I'm working for us, brother. I see that, bro. You know? Bringing the people the, the, the hot the content. Stuff. So, bottom line, dog, I think everybody wants to know, is the you back? The U is close to being back. Okay. The U is close to being back. One thing that I was impressed with is the coach's intensity, right? Like Jason Taylor, uh, you have Charlie. Um, Wait, Jason Taylor is one of the UM coaches? Oh, he's a D-line coach. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, guy. No way. Yes, bro. I think we talked about it. Not on the podcast, but we definitely talked about it. What? Yes, bro. Again, look. Look at the staff that this guy has built around him, man. Crazy. You know? Crazy. If you think about the people that he put around him, right? And not only that, like, the the type of coaches that he's hired, you know? A Charlie Strong, a great defensive mind, right? Great defensive mind. A guy who had ran programs... One at programs knows what's up when it comes to that, right? You put a a guy like Jason Taylor on the D line, pretty much a Hall of Famer, pretty much a Hall of Famer, right there to to just coach up these young kids and say, "Oh, you need something? Here you go." Miami Hall of Fame, that's for damn sure. No, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Jason Taylor will make the yeah, Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah. Line, you know, it's it's it, it'll agree. be damn near disrespectful. Saying. Like he's a legend. He's a Miami legend. Right. You got Josh Gages. The offensive coordinator, an award winner, by the way, right? He's he's the wide receivers coach. Worked on the Nick Saban. Worked with Jim Harbaugh. You hire Kevin Smith, right? A great running back coach. A highly Kevin re- Smith. Yeah, bro. Is it former UCF Kevin Smith? Yes. No way. I think it is. He I played for the is. Detroit Lions running back? He played running back for the Detroit Lions? No, nah, he was the coach. Uh, he coached for George O'Leary, and he coached for Lane Kiffin. So I'm not sure if it was a, it's the same guy. Well, he he played for. He might have played for George O'Leary. We'd have to check the year. Check the year. <clears throat> All right. Wait, let me check out this Kevin Smith you're talking about. More importantly for me, right, more importantly for me was is the offensive line coach, Alex Mirabal. He's the one who's been working overtime to flip a lot of those Oregon recruits that were linemen and say, hey, you like warm weather? Hey, you want to party with superstars? Hey, you want to be part of something really big down here? Come to Miami. And slowly but surely, he's been able to flip two recruits that are going to be major in the success of this Hurricanes team. So, so I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I think Kevin Smith... Is the UCF is the back. one I'm talking about? Is the is the former UCF Dope. running back? Yeah, look, after earning all first team American honors his junior season at UCF, selected by the Lions in 08. So yeah, I, I met this guy. I know who this is, exactly this is. I met him running at UCF. Backs coach. He was a beast at UCF. Talk. I mean, he got Running's drafted. Back. Um, that's super dope. That's super dope. So yeah, it's his first year with the Canes, and he's the running back coach. But I'm sorry, you, we were going back to you were impressed with. Uh, I think you were you were talking about the offensive line coach. The offensive line coach. Uh, Alex Mirabal He was highly recruited By other coaches And when he got the job When Cristobal got the job He was one of the first guys That he called and said Yo I need you to come 
And again, that guy's proven his worth already in this short time because I know that they're targeting offensive linemen in the transfer portal, and I know that he's already flipped two recruits to come to Miami. That we're going to Oregon. Mm. So he's he was highly touted, and we got him. I'm glad that he's with us now. Now he's part of a staff, right, that has all these other surrounding pieces. So you can tell that the Hurricanes obviously invested not only in Cristobal, but in his staff. Bro, this team is going to be really well coached. We're not going to see dumb penalties like we used to see before. We're not going to see blown assignments all the time. We're not going to see none of that shit when it comes to this Hurricanes team. So that was one thing that I walked away with. The intensity that these coaches are coaching with, even in a spring game, you know, setting guys right, putting guys there. I mean, it starts now. You do the little things now, it'll pay off come regular season. Yeah, but you're doing it like in front of the public, right, at a spring game. Where you're yeah, correcting you're, so you're setting guys. that example from now yeah. to, to your fans, to your hardcore. Who's there? Exactly. Hardcore fans. Hardcore fans. So you're, you're setting the standard. Hey, this is what we're going to make sure that we guide these young men to go do. Exactly. Now the rest is on them. You know what I mean? But we're going to make sure they're doing everything correctly. And don't get me wrong. Like, this team is going to go as far as Tyler Van Dyke takes them, right, in the offensive line. Because the kid's obviously a star. The kid's really good. He can make. Good throws. Um, I saw Jake Garcia be a better quarterback for college, right? Because he th- made some really impressive throws and is a little bit more mobile than than Tyler Van Dyke. But Tyler Van Dyke has the frame. He has the image. He has the body. No, and he's the, ready. And the, and the and, record from last year. And the record from last year, more importantly, where he's like, I got the shot and I did something with the shot. I didn't just go, let it go to waste. Play big in big games. <sighs> Without having really good running backs like Cameron Harris, Shaney, who was who missed a lot of the, the season last year when he got hurt, both of those guys. This offensive line is key, but with the weapons that are around him, like I saw Restrepo make three really good, impressive catches where he was diving full spread, you know, to catch the ball and make sure that he's going to work for his receivers. And that was with the second string, the third string, and the fourth string. Guy was in there putting in work. So... This team really has a strong belief of like where they're gonna be at. You what know? are what when are the, the receivers? What are the receivers that do, do, do we have back? Um, Anybody I, I would know from last year. Like a couple of the guys, like for instance, um, Rambo. Okay. No, actually, Rambo left. Uh, you have a guy like Redding who who came back. Restrepo, freshman who played a lot. Redding played a lot. Um, somebody else who played last year. Uh, was this Smith dude? Where is he? Oh, there he goes. Uh, Brashard Smith, he played a lot last year. Keyshawn Smith, he played, had some snaps. A lot of go- uh, those guys were freshmen last year, but they saw a lot of snaps, and those are the same guys who were getting those reputations in Saturday's spring game. So, for me, I'm in a really comfortable spot with this Hurricanes team, bro. Like, I'm really excited to see, like, where they're going to head and, like, how good they can be, how soon they're going to be. Good they can be, and how soon is it going to happen. The schedule is built for them right now for for them to really have a good season. Not even going to front. You play Batum-Cookman, you play Southern Miss, you play Texas A&M on the road, you play Middle Tennessee, and then you start a real ACC opponent in North Carolina. And then you play Virginia Tech after that. couple of good warm-up games, start the season, and then get into the, the swing of things in mid-season form. Get into a rhythm. And not necessarily just get into a rhythm, like, go beat the crap out of those teams. You're playing B.C. Cookman, beat them by 40. Oh, you're playing Southern Mississippi, go beat that team by 30. Texas A&M, go on the road and beat them by 21 points. You know, oh, you're playing Middle Tennessee, yeah, we should put up 60 on these guys. 
not those close games that we have seen in previous seasons where the Canes are struggling with the inferior opponents, you know, playing down to the level instead of playing above and beyond that right. level. And I feel like with this team, we're not going to see any slacks. We're going to see them hit the gate running because Mario Cristobal knows that the program is on a spotlight, spotlights on him, and whatever the results are going to be, you know. People can say, oh, we're patient. We're going to be patient with the, we're going to give this guy a chance at the otro. Historically, that's not how it goes down here. Usually it's, we bring you in, we believe in you, we give you some resources, go make it happen. Now what we have is a full investment in the team, a full investment on the on the staff, a full investment into the program, specifically football, right? Not only athletics. And we're going to have to see immediate results because a lot of these guys came out the woodwork to say, oh, I'm going to invest and I'm a, I've been a booster for 30, 20 years, 15 years under the table. I've never said anything, but now I want to be public. Now that all that jazz has happened, the results have to come in quickly. Like we need to be in the ACC game this year. <clears throat> and we have the cast to do it, not just the players, because I think the players, we have talent. You know what I mean? It's to you, bro. Like we don't get, you know, crap players to come play for us there's always talent and there's always guys that go on we, even when the team doesn't do great or you know the the, the teams don't go on to be great uh national championship level teams but individual players always end up in the fucking you know in the nfl yeah so that says a lot about what we've been able to do you know since you know uh the 80s when we've been you know winning championships but um i think this is the 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 cast to do it as far as not just the players but the staff around there, bro. Like we have a lot more insight into the whole staff, right? This whole revamp right. staff that we have of coaching staff and everybody that's there. And we kind of, we were just excited, man. We know exactly, you know what I mean? Like that this is what we needed. We needed something brand new. And there's a lot, lot to be excited for with this brand new facelift. It's almost like you can already say the hype is real. It's almost like you can already say that, but Another thing that I walked away with from Saturday was, like, the amount of ex-Hurricane pros that were out there, bro. Like, it's the Every, most... Everybody wants the, you to be it's back. Like, no, but what I'm saying is, like, the belief is that strong in this in this team and this staff. You know what I mean? Like, the belief is that strong in Crystal Ball. The belief is that strong in the rest of the squad. Because, like, what you got to see there, bro, was hard work being put in. Hard lessons being taught. Real valuable things being worked on during that spring game. It wasn't just like a hey, let's throw a bunch of Hail Marys and get the crowd hype and blah 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 blah. Nah, those dudes were working, you know, and the staff was working. So a lot of dedication into this hurricane season, bro. And I'm Fly, excited man. for it, bro. Oh yeah. And we're you know, we're we're working on some thang things in the background, hey, dog. Shh, you know, Kayaido, but we're doing them things. That's when you know we gotta wrap the show up when you start talking <laughs> when you start talking a little too much. So how about uh I hit the music? Uh wait, before you do that, um real quick. This past weekend, Errol Spence beat uh, Jordanas Ugas for the middleweight. uh, I think it was the IBF title that that Ugas had or the WBA. So now he holds three titles. Called out uh, Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford is a free agent. He looks like he's willing to make that fight happen now. Do you think it happens this year? Sure. You're asking me? Yeah, bro. Let me ask you that. Do you think that (laughs) fight happens this year? Absolutely, bro. There's too much money at stake to not do it. Even if you say, it's, let's do it six months from now, where these guys can get a real good training camp in, right? Give himself some time what, to what recover. What six months be from now, like October, November? Right. Save it for the end of the year, bro. That'll be the biggest right boxing there. match of the year. And you make it in Vegas. Right? Huge. Am I wrong by saying no, that? No, man, it unless would. Unless Tyson Fury fights again. 
No, I don't think whoever he Canelo. I don't, I, I don't, who's Canelo gonna fight that? It'll be a big like this. Like this, no, this is will a be real the biggest fight. Of the big year. fight, like biggest fight of the year, without a doubt, without a doubt. Because again, uh, of the anticipation of wanting these guys fight for such a long time, and then like not having it happen, and now there's belts on the line. Like I have all, the, I have three belts. You have one belt. Like what's up, bro? In their primes. In right? their primes. In their primes. Absolutely. This is what we want. We don't want this fight to happen ten years past their prime. Make it happen right now when there's a lot at stake. Make it happen right now, man. Um, real quick, man. We, you know we got the draft coming up soon, brother. Bro, we got so much coming. So up. much, man. So much, and and you know I'm I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited to see what happens leading up to the draft. A lot of talk about some wide receivers still being out there available. Um, trades to be made. Uh, draft picks to be traded. Like he still got some salary cap. Got some trades to trade. Got some picks that they can put on the table. We got it's going to be make. fun, man. It ain't over yet. We got moves to make, baby. Yeah, man. And obviously, you know that we're going to bring you that type of content here on the Sports with So-So show. Uh, brought to you by myself, So-So, and my homeboy, Joel. We always in the building. We got and the, Rocky. Yeah, we got the mascot in the <laughs> he background. Got mad you didn't give him a my shot. My bad, Rock Dog. Damn, what is not like that? Um... <laughs> Yeah, man, you know what we got to do, bro. We got to tell people to go subscribe to the YouTube, hit that like button, drop that comment, uh, hit that subscribe button, and just Most show some love. Though, tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend about this amazing sport podcast that we got going on in Miami, strictly bringing you the best of the best with the local sports and keeping you in tune with the rest of the national sports. It's your boy, So. Until next time, peace. peace.